This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. Hope uh, y'all are preparing for the AP exam, and hopefully y'all are getting something from um, these podcasts. Today we're going to go over the president. Now, when we did the president, we did the president and the bureaucracy together. I'm going to separate them for these for this review purposes, um, just because of that way they're a little bit shorter. <clears throat> so, um, as powerful as the president is, and as important of a position as it is, um, you know, there was more to Congress than there is to the president section. So, uh, both uh, the president and the bureaucracy, and the, the course when we get to it. Will be a little bit shorter, so uh, let's get going with the uh, the president and what they can and can't do, and their powers and the roles they play, and all that kind of stuff. All right. So remember, the president has both formal and informal powers um, in the Constitution. Uh, or there's not an informal power in the Constitution, but uh, he has powers that are both formal and informal. Okay. Uh, the formal powers come from Article Two of the Constitution. Remember, it's a pretty short one because our founding fathers, well, they didn't really want to powerful president. Remember, they were scared. They had the, the king and they were scared that somebody could possibly a dictatorship and things like that or a monarchy. Uh, and they didn't want that. So they purposely left the uh, position of the president somewhat weak and reliant on Congress. Um, now, over the years, the president has taken more power. And we'll talk about that as we go through this review. All right. So first up, uh, remember, there's a couple roles the president plays. Uh, there's seven of them. That he has. I'm not going to go through all of them, uh, but things like commander in chief and uh, chief of state and the chief legislature and, and, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> these are all the hats he has to put on and wear. So there's a lot of stuff he has going on. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, all right. So some of the formal and informal powers the president has. First up is vetoes. This is a formal power the president has, and I think pretty much everybody's familiar with vetoes and what they are and how they work. Um, the president can pretty much veto almost anything unless Congress passes an amendment. Uh, then remember, he cannot touch the uh, amendment. He has nothing to do with that except for to enforce it uh, once it's been passed. Um, another form of veto that they have is the pocket veto. Uh, remember, this is where they can just let it sit. Uh, if they get it in a specified time, uh, it has to be the last 10 days of the congressional session because every piece of legislation has to be done by the end of the, the session. So if they get it to them, let's say six days left in the session, uh, if the president wants to, he can just let it sit uh, and dies. And the veto is a check that the president has on Congress. Uh, foreign policy wise, the president has the commander in chief hat that he wears. All right. So he's in control of the military. Um, now, Congress has to declare war. So remember, there's another check uh, and another limitation of the powers the president has. Yes, he's commander in chief. He has all these uh, weapons and people at his disposal. But Congress is the only one that can declare war. The president can send people into action, but Congress can always call them back. All right? uh, the president can work out treaties. This used to be a big part of the, the president's uh, job that he would do is work out treaties. Nowadays, we, we don't see it as much. Uh, yes, the president does go and work on things. Uh, but a lot of stuff is left to the secretary of state. All right. Uh, the executive agreements, 
our uh, 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 informal power. It's kind of something that's been taken from the Constitution uh, and created. And remember, the, the big thing about executive agreements is it's between the president and it's something that gets around uh, Senate approval. The Senate has to approve official treaties. This is remember back to World War One. We never signed the Treaty of Versailles. The Senate refused to approve it. They did not agree with the League of Nations, and so uh, you know, that was never signed. Uh, executive agreements. Had Woodrow Wilson done an executive agreement with that, then it would have never went to the Senate, and they would have never had a say so in it. Okay, but all that stuff is uh, allows the president to work within the foreign policy realm. It is his power uh, over the military, and then. Uh, treaties uh, and executive agreements. The president has the power to make all that stuff. Okay. Uh, the president has some informal powers when it comes to bargaining and persuasion. Um, the president, you know, can use log rolling uh, appointments. Maybe, uh, maybe there's a Senator that wants someone to be a judge. Uh, maybe there's a house member that wants something. Uh, maybe he wants the president to come down and uh, campaign for him. Or something like that. So there are some some things that the president can do. Um, this power has grown over the years, um, where the president can do more uh, and uses this uh, to get things that he needs and wants. Now, you know, we saw most recently here with um, <clears throat> the budget and uh, the, the fact the government had to shut down. The president was not able to to bargain and persuade the the Democrats. His side there. Uh, next up is executive orders. Remember, these are powers um, that the president gets, and it allows him to make laws pretty much. Okay, uh, he can he can create uh, a document and sign it, and it becomes it has the force of law behind it. Uh, and they get around once again the Senate approval. Okay, our president was pretty executive or half executive order happy at the beginning of his presidency. That's when he created the travel ban. And there was a couple other instances where he did this and went around the, the, the Congress uh, to get to get some stuff done. Okay. Now executive orders can be good as it allows the president to quickly react to some situations. Um, but for some things, for example, the travel ban, um, it probably wasn't the best idea to use an executive order. He should have went through Congress, especially being right at the beginning of his presidency. Uh, he had a lot of support, uh, more support than he does now, obviously. And um, so, yeah, executive orders. Okay, moving on. Um, one of the key documents you have to know is Fed 70. We did a mini discussion uh, for the first semester, for the second semester. Um, first semester, we just looked at it in class. Um, the main thing to remember about Fed 70 is it was the justification uh, for a a single president, a single executive. Uh, some people had argued, hey, to keep power from one person, uh, let's make it three people. And uh, the argument in Fed 70 is, no, we need one person, one individual, um, so that there's no questions, there's no concerns about powers and things like that. Okay. Um, some things that affect the presidency. Uh, the 22nd Amendment is something you need to know. All right, this is what's going to create term limits. Um, remember, a president cannot serve more than two terms or 10 years. The 10 years comes from the vice presidency. If the vice president takes over with less than two years for the president, so if Pence was to take over for Trump right now, it would not count toward his term 
and he could run in 2020 and win, and then again in 2024 and serve nine, 10 years, whatever the math he was out to. Okay, uh, but that's the 22nd Amendment. The 20th Amendment, that's going to uh, change the inauguration date. It used to be March. Now it's moved up to January 20th. Uh, this gets rid of that lame duck period. So we had the elections in November, and then a new president didn't take office until March. So that's a lot of time uh, for the, the sitting president to be in office. And really, no one's willing to work with them or listen to them because, well, you're going to be gone in a couple months. So they moved that date up to January, which was a pretty good idea, probably. OK. Uh, the State of the Union is something that's required of the president. It used to be uh, just a handwritten note uh, that the president would submit to uh, the Congress. Now it's turned into a huge event uh, that's televised. Um, and. It's just uh, the president basically giving a report on what's going on. Uh, and the president uses it kind of as a bully pulpit today, uh, a chance for him to speak directly to the American people uh, and sets his agenda. Hey, this is what I've done so far, and this is what I want to do. OK, uh, Trump kind of used this most recent one, uh, 2019, as a, to kick off kind of what I'm going to do to get ready to run for president. Uh, he'll definitely uh, in the 2021. Uh, right. 2000. 20. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, definitely be campaigning during that one because that'll be the election year. We'll have the election um, in November of 2020. So uh, just some some things there that's going on. <clears throat> and um, yeah, our president, our current president uses Twitter a lot, social media uh, as this technology happens, these web 2.0 tool, tools where we can talk with each other and communicate with each other and get messages out. Uh, it's going to be more of a more used by more candidates as we move forward. Um, yeah, the current president, he, he bangs on the media a lot for how they treat him. Uh, and you know, the, his social media account, whether you like it or not, it's a way for him to communicate directly to the American people. And, um, you know, it's a tool that, that he's, he's made pretty good use of, whether you like it or not. So, uh, all right, that's like I said, the, the presidency doesn't have a ton of stuff from College Board. Remember, there's a lot of interconnected, a lot of times that they're connected together uh, with Congress and the president, budget and uh, vetoes and things like that. So we mentioned them a lot. So just keep that in mind also when you're, you're studying and preparing is that they are connected. They do have these powers over each other, the whole uh, checks and balances and things like that and the stuff they have to do together things they can't do without the power of the other one. Uh, so there's that. All right. We'll do uh, the judicial branch next. So uh, thanks for listening and talk to you later.